What's up, everybody? Another week here at Western Cigars. I am Aaron. I'm Mark. And I am Doug. You ready for another week? I think so. Yeah, I'm ready. How uh, how was a how was a day today? Man, I tell you what, guys, uh, y'all bear with me tonight. I've been up here a long time. It is almost 11 p.m. <laughs> I unlocked the doors to West End Cigars at 9:30 a.m. So this morning. I know Aaron was up late last night, and I know Doug started at 9:30 this morning. Yeah, I started I, at six this morning. So I I feel like I know that I didn't start at the cigar shop, yeah. but. I feel like you guys are like uh, kind of. Uh, so I left dude, here. Lame. I think it was Aaron. Hey, look, I'm old. He, did you say I was old as the sun? Right. So <laughs> he yeah, said I'm you just, were I'm older than the older, sun. Older than the, than the sun. Yeah. So I'm an old. I guy. defended I'm t- you. I'm tired, y'all. I'm I really. Dude, tired. I'm, I'm right there with you because I left here. I guess technically this morning at two fifteen, and then my alarm went off at five like normal. So I had a. Yeah. I've had a glorified nap. Yeah. For the past two days. You're, so. But yeah, you're, that's seriously, tough. you're 23. So I guess it's safe, <laughs> it's safe to say that we're all just worn out. So you guys just yes. bear with us today trying he to did, collect our he thoughts. He did, because I know, I, know I, I want to be clear on this, though. He did say you were older or as old as the sun. And I had to clarify there that the sun is actually older than 55 years old. Yes, <laughs> there's no doubt. Um, but so I'm glad you told him yeah. that. It but, just seemed important. <laughs> it was very, it's very important because he might not have known that. Might not. It have was known. like the great meme I saw on Facebook today that said uh, somebody congratulated the Earth for being t- uh, two thousand and twenty years old, and you're just going, mm. "Thank you, uh, American educational system." <laughs> did did you nice check work. Google? Did you check Google <laughs> yeah. and make sure the sun wasn't fifty five years? It old? might be. I mean, I I asked my dad actually, who's older than that, and he clarified <laughs> it for me, which was nice. He confirmed that it's. 74 years old. Nice. So, <laughs> the reason why we're here tonight is yeah. because we're going to have a little cigar dinner party. We are. We Ooh, are. Nice. Um, so, we're going to do, we're going to talk about, we can invite three people. One living, one dead, one fictional. They don't have to be cigar smokers. It helps if they are. But uh, it's whoever we want to bring. And while we're talking about it, we are smoking the Gispert Intenso. Mm, mm, mm. Man, I like this one. It's fantastic. It is properly named Intenso because it is a little intense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Gispert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's labeled that because it's Gispert. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the Gispert Intenso. Yeah. To clarify, yes, it is. But the reason why we're smoking this one is because uh, we have a Altadas event coming out. Yes, we do. And uh, we wanted to show something, show a cigar, a little love that. Doesn't get a lot of love, but it has its cult-like following, I'll say, especially in this shop. It does. Um, So these we've had for, I don't know if we've had them for quite a while, but somebody has had them for for quite a while because we took them out of the wrapper, especially the, we're having the Toro size, but the Robusto size, the Corona, I forget which one. The They're Corona like brown. Oh, oh, the Corona brown. size wrapper was yeah. just. Oh, so yeah. good. I, yeah. I snagged brown. up a couple of those. Yeah. But yes, uh, the uh, Gisbert Intenso, AJ Fernandez blend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a couple of other blends for Altatus uh, with a couple of their other brands. There are several brands under the Altatus umbrella Gisbert, H. Upman, Monte Cristo, Romeo, and SLR. Gosh, what else, Aaron? Um, I think Juan Lopez. Yeah, Juan Lopez. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, of course, Romeo and uh, Julieta, they also do the Romeos. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Which uh, AJ has a blend on the Romeo. It's called the uh, Romeo San Andres. Which I love that one. Uh, that's a nice little spice bomb. Yep. But well, you you sound like a like a shop manager right I there. I do. Just, just spouting that shit off like <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. else. And, and and coincidentally, AJ also has a blend with H Upman, which is under the Altadis umbrella. <laughs> yeah. This was one of, and we were debating it, and I believe it is. Uh, Either Petty or Lee's, but it it could be Josh's. Yeah. This was on a top ten list. Yeah, from it's somebody top. somebody here. Yep. on their on their. And so th- this one was on my list, and I took it off, and that's yeah, why I said this I is was, a good one. I was tinkering so much, but yeah, uh, and, yeah I really like it. But uh, we'll we'll dive into yeah. that. Yep. And the uh, AJ Fernandez H Upman is on my list. Yeah, I mean it's it's a that's a good one. Again, we were I mean we were and Alta this is is one of the two big um what i consider consolidated or uh, i don't know what called conglomerate it. conglomerate yeah. uh, there's a big fancy Doug word for you thank you um word and uh, you're welcome the, <laughs> yeah, oh, God. there you go uh thanks for getting so close to the mic Doug uh so yes um and it is um they have a lot of variety which is nice um so yeah we're get, as we get going uh just to let you know that uh uh, we're about ready to, as we're recording, have either a hailstorm. Uh, tomorrow's supposed to be snow apocalypse <laughs> here in Little Rock, which means that they're threatening so, snow within about 600 miles of here. Yeah, schools are already shut down for schools Monday. are shut down for next week entirely yeah. because there could be snow within 600 miles. You should so, see. So how what we, happens if the electricity goes out? That does that mean right, we have to stay up we, here to, for like five hours we, so we come so, back uh, we so we stay, can finish recording? We, we stay and we smoke a cigar and then we go in and get another guest. And we smoke that cigar till the power comes well, back on. So the the what we record on has battery power. We'll see how it works. If we lose power, we might just be doing this shit in the dark. But uh, hopefully, hear, it doesn't get to that. I hear the thunder as we speak. You do? I do. No, that was just me rattling my mic stand. <laughs> sure, you were just rattling the mic stand. You, you scared by storms? Do I need to give you a hold you, give you a hug? Man, I live in Arkansas. I'm used to this. <laughs> so the point of this is. Uh, is really to talk about people you would be interested in sitting down to and not just sitting next to you. So um, just have uh, what I consider the great part of cigars. I think we've talked about it is, is the community to have a fascinating conversation with. I've had this conversation with, with a lot of people and and I'm really interested, Aaron and Doug with your conversation. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested in why, so we're going to go around the room, and we'll go first with the live person. And Aaron, can you start us off with who your live person would be that you would like to sit down with a couple, three, four hours and really enjoy a cigar and, most importantly, probably conversation yeah. with um, somebody who's alive? So this is the one that I went back and forth on. Yeah, this is a tough one. This was the hardest one for me. Um but I narrowed it down to two people today, and then all throughout working today, I was like, all right, this is who I'm going with because I listened to him talk for three hours today. So I'm going with, it's kind of a combo, I guess, but it's mainly one. Um, but I'm going with uh, Dan Lebetard. Dan, the sportscaster, sportscaster. from Miami. Yep, uh, Dan Lebetard and Stu Gotts. I listen to their show yeah. every day. Um, his dad is an immigrant from Cuba. Yeah, so he he, I assume he's going to have some knowledge of cigars. Oh, sure. And I just, I love his show because he, you know, I'm a sports broadcaster. Yep. I've been a sports broadcaster for tons of years. He's a sports broadcaster that doesn't give a shit if he doesn't talk about sports or not. So what questions would you ask him I'd, in particular? It, it would just be like free flowing. I would, you know, he lost his, um, his MLB, uh, hall of fame vote. I would, I want to get into that. Like, you know, 
you know, just what made you not really put it up for auction, but, you know, give it to the fans for the vote. That's how we lost it. Yep. Um, but not really so much a question because it would be more or less just a free flowing thing. Like how do you, he ruffles so many feathers in the sports industry and he just doesn't give a damn. And I, I like that. I like the, the, the way his show flows with, with his, you either love it or you hate it because you either want like that, you know, that Dan Patrick question answer with your sports people, or right. you get that Dan Levitard with Stu Gotts and with the shipping container and everything. And yeah. it's just, you know, they might, they might talk sports. They might not, you know, that's when, when I was thinking about, you know, starting the show with Steve, that was kind of the direction. Like that was a, a building block of like, what I kind of envision is where you have a general purpose, but it doesn't have to focus on that. It can go. Yeah. You've got a free flowing show. Go yeah. either way. And yeah. it, I mean, I love, I just love his, his, no, I don't want to say hot takes because that sounds so cheesy and crummy, but I like his outlook on sports. He like, he doesn't care if he, you know, goes against the grain on what a lot of people view and think. And I mean, honestly, me and him kind of have the same, viewpoints on a lot of stuff stuff um but yeah but but just knowing that he's you know from an immigrant family it just i I now have something more in common with him and i just i want to just you know pick his brain you know talk to him about you know he's been writing and broadcasting for 25 years or so so yeah i've seen him on the show with his dad yeah have you seen highly highly questionable questionable. i I would think that 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 show is amazingly funny and i would think dan is a lot like his dad because his dad obviously doesn't give a flip about what anybody thinks i mean you see the way he acts yeah yeah and is he still on that show so he uh, he is but he's he's been taking time off just because you know he he actually um a couple maybe about a month ago six weeks ago uh Dan did his first show without Poppy and it was his first time ever in like 15 years, but he's just, you know, his dad's close to 80, I think. It's gotta be. And he just wanted to have him, you know, have some time off, but it's just, I don't know. I, I like his personality. I like his vibe. I like, yeah. you know, I just like the stuff, you know, what he brings to the, to the product. He does. I, I, one of the things I, I'm a big uh, Dan Lepitard fan. I think mm-hmm. that's a great choice. He uh, he's got to make ESPN oh uncomfortable God. as fuck because when they came down, when they had all that don't talk politics stuff, mm-hmm. almost like a month later, there was something that came up and he just went, I don't care. You can fire me if you wish. Yeah. And he's such a big personality on that. And he whatever I don't even remember what his political hot take was. And I agree with it. Yeah. It's cheesy. But whatever his political take was, and he goes, I think it was about Cuba and, mm-hmm. and, and that issue. I'm sure it was uh, something to do with the president, but and I'm not commenting on that. But he just was like, mm, "This is my take." Yeah, this is my show. I mean, <clears throat> it's one of those things where like ESPN is is the biggest sports yeah. entity out there for yeah. for media for stuff like that. They know what they got yep. when they brought him on. Yep, and I mean that's the reason why he has one of the biggest shows out there. Yep in the sports market that, you know, doesn't really cater to sports a lot. Like even when it's on TV, yep. you always have the, you know, they bet they gamble all the time. So you see the, you the know, the, the, the Caesar book odds yep. always on the left-hand side. I mean, so it's just like, it just has that different. Well, he's out style. of Miami. Mm-hmm. His dad's dad's a, a Cuban, Cuban right? Yep. Came, came from Cuba. Yep. 
and obviously Miami, a lot of Cubans down there. And, yeah. and I, I find his, his interesting, uh, he's got a different view of the world yeah. than a lot of people do. And I, I find his, um, his sense of humor in particular, very refreshing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's that, is, it's that breath of fresh air in a world of stuffiness where yep. you just have to yeah. talk sports, you know, when, you know, whichever way you stand on, say the, um, uh, the U S women's Olympic team or yeah. Kaepernick or whatever, you know, people are going to give you those cookie cutter takes, right? You're going to get that real bullshit <laughs> out of him. And yeah. I, you know, yeah, you love it, you hate it, but you know, it's real. Yeah. yeah. And out of uh, the world we live in now, there's a gazillion sports talk shows. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of them are just a big waste of time. Let's yeah. be yep. honest. It's boring. And, and, yeah. But Libertar is not boring. No, mm-hmm. uh, it's very entertaining. Yeah. You, you don't feel like you want to turn the television off because yep. he's screaming at you. Yeah. You yep. know, so. Well, he's also, uh, the, the, the takes about the sports, his take about sports are, he's actually, I, I don't want to say he's conservative because, but he isn't, uh, there's other sports casters who are fairly, say fairly outlandish things yeah. about the game. And you just go, that's, that's not true. He actually has pretty interesting things to say about the game when I listen to him. I find a lot of sports talk, uh, they just say, um, there's a guy out west who just predicts every week that Alabama's going to lose, and you're just going, Alabama's playing Old Miss. Yeah. Stop with the Alabama's going to lose yeah. nonsense. And <clears throat> there's just, there's no, it's it's almost like it's, uh, it's you know, just trying to say the most outlandish thing. I, he, I think he's a great choice. He, he asked the hard questions that a lot of people don't want to ask. Like uh, just this past week, he had Andrew Luck's dad on because he's the commissioner for the XFL that's starting up uh, in a couple of weeks in the middle of February. And right out the gate, he asked him, would Kaepernick uh, bring good content or bring, you know, do good for XFL? And, you know. I mean, starting right off the bat, you know, just letting <laughs> balls hang. And, you know, you got, you know, you got luck kind of backskirting from the issue, but he just doesn't care. And I he just, care. I just, I well, love, the, I love To be it. honest with you, in the X of L, that's got to be the first question. Yeah. Even though probably Colin has no interest in that. He, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, and that's what he gave, but he gave it in a long roundabout answer. Right. But just the fact that, you know, he asked it. Yeah. You know, no, it's I, the first I love question. It. Yeah. 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 Well, might as well ask it. Okay, great answer. That's a great answer. Doug? Uh, yes, sir. Who would who is the live person you would like to smoke a cigar with other than me? <laughs> um, of course, yeah, you would be the obvious choice, but I'm trying not to be too obvious here. So the Good, second obvious you. choice would be, I have two hobbies. Uh, I'm going to consider smoking cigars one hobby. I know a lot of people don't think smoking cigars is a hobby, but... It is for me. It is for me as well. I consider any hobby. I consider yeah. a hobby if it's expensive. Yeah. So so this <laughs> this gentleman smokes cigars, and everybody knows my second favorite hobby is spending time on the golf course. Yep. So uh, I'm glad you didn't say play golf. Yep. So my golfer. Spending time in the rough. <laughs> I'll spend time in the rough with this guy right here, Miguel Angel Jimenez. Oh, there you go. Yes, and He's Aaron's looking at me like, who in the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Yeah, so I'm not the golfer of the group, so I have no idea who that is. So Miguel Angel Jimenez uh, is a European golfer. He's from Spain. Great match play player. Great, great match golfer. play. He's been uh, he's won great s- cigar smoker. Been on several yeah. uh, European uh, Ryder Cup teams yeah. uh, that have won. What, one of the great and, match play players of all time. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. He just knows what he's doing. He's about the same age I am, so he's yep. as old as the sun. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're never gonna let me down. And and that's uh, factually accurate. He's he's um he's done well on the PGA Tour. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, he hangs with the the best golfers in the world right now. I believe he's on the uh, senior tour. And uh, look, the guy's got he's got chicken legs. He's got a big belly. He does. He's he's fifty six <laughs> years old. He's got a ponytail. He's on the he's on the golf tour with a ponytail, and he's got a cigar hanging out of his mouth. All and the time. I, I got to show a picture of this guy to Aaron because Aaron's never seen him. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. got his ponytail up in a little bit of a bun here in this picture, but uh, I'm going to pass this to Aaron. And we'll get his reaction. Right. He uh, he he has a pretty significant ponytail. <laughs> And he is um, very controversial. He is controversial. Okay, is, why? Okay, why? He's um, because he'll tell you uh, exactly what he thinks, and he is uh, sort little, of he's, flamboyant. He's a little libtardish. He is. Uh, okay. Okay. He is. Um, he's out there. He also is. Um, he will also like poke you with the stick. So one of the reasons he's good at match play is he's sort of good at the games gamesmanship part of it. So uh, he so he golfs with so, a cigar all the time. So here here's the all, main. The damn really? time. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, my main reason is everybody knows I like to golf. And I golf with a group of guys who do not smoke cigars. Huh. Yeah. So when we get together, I am the only one smoking a cigar. And, I, you know, I play with these guys once a week. Um, I'm sure they're nice guys, but life choices. Do. I want to get on, the, go- <laughs> I want to get on the, the, the golf course with Jimenez, smoke a cigar, talk about his ponytail, and I, you saw the picture of him. Yeah, yeah. This guy, I've never met him. This guy, he likes to party. You can just tell by looking at him, right? No doubt. Right? He likes to party. So, I mean, I mean hey, let's party. He's got you a know. couple of those Modellos in his car like we're drinking right, right. now. Right, oh, exactly. Yeah. Modellos, a cigar. Honey, you get the feeling he shows up the course about 10 minutes before his tea time. And he's like rolls up and he's like, uh, he's got he's got one lid already. Yep. And he's got, he's got, you yeah. know, he's got the, he's got the, he's the first thing that comes out of the trunk is the, is the case of beer, right? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. But he's no. a, he's a fantastic golfer. All oh. joking aside. Uh, just a beautiful golf swing. He's just, he's, he's a pure striker of the ball. Right. I'm also a golfer. Doug and I play together and he's, he's, he's a really gifted golfer. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and when I say a, a gifted mass, match play player, he has got to have some just spectacular both party stories because the party stories have got to be off the well and yeah in uh, those teams the Ryder Cup teams the, Ameri- the U.S. team the European teams you know they do uh, a lot of partying especially if they win yes so when, when they win but uh, yeah. he, he's outstanding I have met and and talked and, and had dinner with uh, a professional golfer from the United States of America um, I won't name names Johnny Miller and <laughs> subtle and uh, but I have not met. And spending time with with a European golfer, so I just I find it interesting. And he likes cigars, so I think it's a perfect match. I don't know. I've I've, I've been to several tournaments, and I I know you have as well. And I I uh, followed at the Masters one year. Um, uh, a couple guys smoking cigars, um, Freddie Couples, and and a couple of those guys that were playing together in a practice round smoking. Right. I don't know that I followed him. Uh, he would be fun. I think he's a good choice. He, boom boom. I followed Boom Boom for sure. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I'm sorry, who? Boom Boom. Freddie Couples. Freddie Couples. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. He's got a sweet swing. Us golfers are going to have a private All conversation right. for <laughs> a minute. Two of, the, two of the sweetest swings in golf. Oh, Boom Boom, Freddie Couples. Yep. And Doug Gross. And uh, 
the Big Easy, the Ernie Els. Ernie Els. So I, I, I do so know. I, I do know Ernie Els. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so is this smooth. the time where I tell the golf cart story, Doug? Or Bro, is that still off hey, limits? No, I mean, you do what you got to do. <laughs> you do what you got to do. I mean, no, you, you we'll can tell your side for, of it, you know. Yeah, and, no, I'll, I'll save that for another right, podcast. For another podcast. There you go. Our one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary. Right. There you go. The, the golf cart story. Still bitter about that. But it was fun. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. So my living um, is the easiest one for me. And, uh, and I, I, I tell this because I think everybody on the podcast knows that I'm a, I'm a live music guy. I'm a music guy. Uh, and, and this is the one that never varies for me. I, I change up the answers to the other two, uh, to be honest with you, depending on the crowd and, yeah. and my mood. But uh, this one, I always choose Eric Church because uh, mm-hmm. I have several songs that are very personal to me. And I'd like to sit for three or four hours. He has a song called Smoke a Little Smoke, so I'm going to assume that he smokes cigars. I know he smokes other things, uh, or at least used to. <laughs> so, um, uh, And I'd like to ask him about some of those songs that are very meaningful to me personally and why they are meaningful to him. I'm fascinated by the craft of writing cigars or, or writing songs. I'm not that fascinated by the, the art of writing c- cigars. Rolling cigars, I am. Um, and I'd like to sit down and have a three or four hour conversation with him about what he goes through, how he writes a song, what some of those songs that are very personal to me mean to him, because I know they mean something different to him than they mean to me, because um, that's the nature of uh, songs. Um, but Eric Church is mine, and that's an easy one. And I think probably I, I've told people that, and I get a, okay, yeah, that's obvious. Well, Eric Church is a incredible artist, performer, uh, lyricist, is that correct? Uh, but I find Eric Church for you and you liking his music be very personal for you. It is. Absolutely. A lot of people like, you know, I like this band or I like this singer or I like this group, but you know, they just like, they don't really know why you have valid reasons for what you're saying. Love music's important. Music's important to me. And, uh, and, and I've gone into that in the podcast, but, um, to, and I think anything that's that important to you, you should be able to explain. Um, Tim uh, Grissom, who we are going to talk to in the future, is big into literature and art, art uh, uh, writers. And when he talks about a writer, he can explain why. And people who do that, who are big into something, I think can should be able to articulate that. Um, and, and with him, he has described parts of my life in ways that are... Um, really damn creepy <laughs> um and then like that song i mean like it almost mirrors yeah he's got a song creeping that that's yeah that's he does have a song creeping yeah. but, but there's parts where it just it, it mirrors uh my emotions my feelings so eric church is mine um i'm interested in, this is where i'm, I'm going to say this repeatedly if 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 you want to share i'm i love this question these questions because i'm i'm fascinated with people and because I've stopped people this week just to pick people's brains. And last night we had an event out at the Conway shop. Uh, and the night before we, we just stopped friends here and ask and living people. Uh, I got fascinating answers. Got a, uh, a friend out there who was talking about a pastor in New York city who is doing some really innovative things with the church. And he was talking about why he would sit, want to sit down and talk with him. And you'll learn so much about people when they, they, they expose themselves like that. Uh, and it was, you know, he we went on for 10 minutes describing what this guy did. And I, 
looked him up and was fascinated. Mm. You know, the guy had written books and you go, mm. you, you know, that kind of interchange is a cigar shop thing that I so much love. Cause you learn, I learned something not only about the gentleman who I've become good friends with and who I like immensely. I've also learned a lot about somebody he valued and somebody who's doing some really damn cool things. I probably shouldn't swear since the guy's a pastor, but I did. I just did that. Um, but I think that's a question. And I would love to hear from our listeners who you would like to sit down with who's living uh, to, uh, to, uh, um, to have a scar with. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, the whole gambit, you know, living, yeah. de- <clears throat> living dead and fictional. Please do it. Yeah. So, so we're going we're gonna to go around, but let's, 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 uh, let's take a second about the scar for a second. Uh, obviously, Connecticut bread, broadleaf here. Yeah. So getting so, a lot of chocolate notes and a lot of, lot, of, uh, a lot of notes like that off this. What are you getting yeah, there? Yeah, it's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and the filler is Dominican and Nicaraguan. Um, yeah, nice cocoa, a little chocolatey. Um, getting some a little leather some spice um you know it's this is what i really enjoy in a in a cigar i like a strong full body yeah um you know this is going to be my last one of the night um and this is a good one to end on if the power doesn't go out yeah if the power doesn't go out if the power goes out we're smoking all night yeah (laughs) but you're right i mean this cigar is great it's definitely full strength Mm -hmm. yeah full flavor Full body, yeah, and it's uh, you know I remember when we first brought this in the shop, mm-hmm. we were all like, a "What a, a Gispert? What's mm-hmm. a Gispert?" You know, and we all smoked it. And we were like, "Wow, oh, yeah, and we, yeah. And, yeah!" And we started pushing the cigar, and we got other people smoking it, and yep. other people enjoying it. And then when we found out it was an AJ blend, AJ Fernandez, yep. Yep. then other people who weren't trying it were like, "Oh, AJ did it. Yeah. Let me try that cigar." Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, this is it's fantastic. Yeah, it definitely has that nice, yeah. you know, it has the spice, but it's not overly spicy. It has a nice fullness, but it's not like knocking on your ass full. No. It's this is a good after dinner smoke. Right, it's like Cubert's cooler other brother. <laughs> See, I can make gaming references too. Cubert, yeah, yeah but it's just like <laughs> from the eighties. How old are you, dude? <laughs> the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm younger than the sun. I think we've established that since I'm younger than Doug. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 loving I this really, one, and yeah. we're all about the same. We're just now yeah. getting into the second third. Yeah. Uh, so the next go around, we'll talk about sizes and stuff. So. Uh, uh, yep, that's great. Uh, I would like to make one more point. Yeah. I uh, hope I haven't waited too late. Uh, also, at the event that we're going to have, and uh, we will have. Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year. Yeah. The Aging Room Nicaragua Cuatro. Yep. Yeah. Smoked one of those the other night. Not the exact um, size, but one of the others. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't smoked a ton of those because this is a fairly new cigar for here, I know. And I think actually fairly new release. Uh, but for it's new for me. It doesn't yeah. really matter if it's actually been around for 50 years because I haven't smoked right. a bunch of those. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good cigar. We have had it in the shop before. Yep. Um, for a short time. Is it up in the we, top rack where Brandon hides all the stuff he doesn't uh, want me probably. to smoke? Probably. <laughs> now there's no more in the shop right now, but we are excited about bringing it back. So yeah, yep. that's great. I, I smoked it up in uh, the Conway shop, uh, and it was. Uh, it w- tell you what, smoked one of the ALRs up in the new Conway shop. Uh, we had a Rocky Patel event last mm-hmm. night. Smoked. Um, I uh, smoked one of those. That's so good. Smoked uh, an East Coast because I was unclear on uh, if I had, I didn't remember that last time, uh, and I'm still West Coast. 
West Coast. <laughs> I just I was <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, man, last Saturday was just like a great cigar day. So. Can't go wrong with that. So uh, let's go to the second round here. And the, the dead one is, you can go a lot of different directions with this. And I always, uh, I always am fascinated with the direction people go. And I, I know, uh, just a little preamble on this, some people go with their father or yeah. their mother or a relative. And that's, that's, um, that's very personal and very respectful. And yeah. I, I get that. And I've chosen my grandfather before who is uh, – Somebody who I, both my grandfathers, somebody who I miss terribly and who actually both smoke cigars mm -hmm. and who I, I miss both a lot. And I get that. Um, <clears throat> some people choose historical figures and somebody, yep. some people I've chosen Jesus in the past because um, I, I have a ton of questions, <laughs> right? right? Don't we all? That he could, uh, he could answer clearly for me, but, uh, but I'm always fascinated by this. Uh, so Aaron, why don't you start us off with who? Who your dead person would be. So I'm going to go with, I think, um, I think this is one of the questions we talked about in the, the, in the live herf we did yeah. uh, episode 10 and it hasn't changed. Um, the guy who I admired on a business level, on a personal level and one who I always wanted to meet, but never got the chance. Yep. Um, but Anthony Bourdain, um, Ooh. I loved everything you know, about him. I never met him, but I just got to see a look into his life through all his books. Every book he's written, I've read a dozen times, uh, whether it be his, um, his novels, which he had three of, and then a actual comic book too, or his, you know, biography style ones, uh, kitchen, kitchen confidential, um, you know, uh, bone in the throat, you know, all, all of those, um, you know, he, you know he had demons, and it sucks that he that he's on this list because he would have been on this list for the other one for the live one, but you know, right? Um, it 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 sucks. I have to have have to have to say that as my deceased person, um, because to me, you know, he had that job that I would love to have: travel the world, meet all new people. You know immerse yourself in cultures that you know you don't that at least i don't have the chance to do as of you know right now but just you know sitting down just talking to him um you know ask him are you okay you know what's going on um you know just just things like that just have questions like you know what was your the best meal you ever had was it out somewhere or was it one that your mom cooked whenever you, you know, lived in vacation yeah. in France? He had some good meals. Yeah. I promise you. <laughs> I know. He's, he's right. Like, he really had some really bad ones too. Meals. Yeah. Um, what was the uh, show on CNN? He's parts unknown. Parts, so he had that, he had no reservations. Yeah. Um, he so, had the, the, the cook's tour that was like in early 2000. Um, that's really what kind of got him started. Um, because he, you know, he was a line, he was a line cook mm -hmm. for, Ever he was then he was the head chef at Los Helles in New York, um, and then he did his book while he was still working the line of that was called Kitchen Confidential. Um, and you know, you know, I went to culinary school. I I love cooking. I've kind of gone back a little bit now. I don't cook as much as I used to, and I need to pick it back up. Um, but whenever somebody's talking to me about the culinary industry, the food industry, I tell them. 
it's a beast. Like you either have to be all in or all out. There's no one foot in one foot out. It's hard on relationships. It's, you know, it, you have to pretty much be with somebody that's in the same kind of field. So, so your time works the same ways. You know, you're always going to work holidays. You're always going to work weekends. You're always going to work nights. And he breaks it down perfectly. So whenever somebody tells me that, Oh, I want to get into the food industry. Always tell them, read that book. If by the end of it, that you want to still do that by reading that, you know, go all in, do right. it. But just, you know, hearing his stories of his travels, he's been, well, he, yeah, he's been to, you know, hundreds of countries, you know, and, and, and experienced the good and the bad of what this world has to offer. What the world has to offer. I, yeah. I, I you first ask? learned of him, he was a judge on some food show. On Top Chef. Top Chef. Yep. Um, I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. I'm not. You know, I can cook eggs. If I can fry bacon, that's about the extent of it. But I was, I got engrossed in this Top Chef. Mm -hmm. And when I first thought of him, I thought, yeah, this guy, Anthony Bourdain, you know, he's a blowhard. He he thinks he's a big shot. But then I, it's just what I always thought. And then I started watching this show on CNN, Parts Unknown. And I found him very intriguing, a very interesting individual. And it got to the point where... I was actually recording mm -hmm. parts unknown off CNN and then watching them because I just got so engrossed with, uh, his attitude, uh, his demeanor, yeah. uh, the way he loved people all around the world, no matter yeah. who they were or where they lived. And, uh, very, very interesting man. You, you yeah. could tell he got that, that immense joy whether he was eating at a, th a three-star Michelin, Michelin restaurant or if he was eating at a food cart in Taiwan. Yes. And yes. It, to him, you know, food, there's two things in this world that I think can bring everybody together. It's sports and food. And Man, you know, that and, guy, I saw him on one show eat a Frito chili pie. Yeah. They opened the Frito bag, left the Fritos in the bag and they poured chili mm -hmm. in the Frito bag. Yeah. And he loved it. He yeah. just absolutely yeah, went nuts over it. Yeah. Like, and then the next day you see him, he's eating in a castle somewhere, from, yeah, eating, eating a meal eating prepared foie, by foie gras or whatever. Yeah, king yeah. chef or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, I mean, just just hearing his stories, that would be one where I wouldn't even have to ask him questions. I would just want to hear him talk. Just, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say I know his life story because I've read everything about him. But I've read every book that he's yeah. you know, written, so I, I, you know, I have at least an inkling into what he was like. Um, you know, I love that he had feuds with Emeril Lagasse, with Bobby Flay, with all these you know Food Network people who were doing it. You know, kind of like you know going back to Levitard, you know, doing it the way Food Network wants him to do. He was that one who liked to just, you know. He's a bit of a rebel. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. you, but but that goes back all 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 the way to his days back in, when he was with the the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. You know, he was he was the pot smoker. He was the you know did did coke in the in the freezer in the dry walk in. But he knew what he had to do. He knew that food was his passion, and he brought it out to the plate. And then just going and traveling and going to different families and cultures, and you know being immersed in that fully. You know, it's, you know, depression's a real fucking thing. Yeah. And you can see it because it, you know, 
for somebody who had my ideal job, you know, it, yeah. it was still, you yeah. know, still took its toll. Would you, would you want to talk about depression and some of the demons that, uh, that chased him? It's kind of like, you know, you know, hindsight 2020. Now that I know, you know, that he's not here because of that reason. Yeah. But, you know, looking at him beforehand, he always had a smile on his face. He was always yeah. laughing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you never got that sense, you know, reading his book, you could see that he had, that he definitely, you know, fought stuff his whole life. Sure. I mean, he was a heroin addict for years. He was a drug addict. He was an alcoholic, you know, he just, he had all those things, you know, against him that, you know, would sure. put you in that, in that place. Um, you know, I haven't been as that bad on the, on, sure. the, on the scale, but, uh, you know, well, yeah, hindsight, yeah. I would, you know, if I was going in totally blind, not, not knowing, yeah. you know, pr- probably not because I wouldn't know. Right. But it's, you know, it's opened my eyes to see that, like, you know, just because you've got a smile on your face don't mean yeah. you ain't, you ain't fighting shit. No, that, that's something you and I both learned. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's a great one. That, yeah. And that, that's a great explanation. I, he would be, uh, he would be uh, amazing to yeah. talk to. I, I could not agree with that one more. That was a well that was, uh, that was thought out answer <laughs> and and uh description. Very yeah, very good description. Yeah. So that was awesome. Okay. Doug? Yeah, I, I don't know. No I, don't, I don't know if I can go after that. No, you, <laughs> well it doesn't really matter if you can. You will go yeah. after that one. So uh my choice for the dead person or the deceased is gonna be George Burns. Oh, that's oh, a good one. Yeah. Good choice. So uh, what would you want to talk with George Burns about? Oh, God. The movie, 1977. Yeah. Yep. I've seen that movie several times. I'm pretty sure I was about 14 years old. Um, for whatever reason, my mom didn't want me to see this movie, I think, because it was titled Oh, God, and George yeah. Burns had a cigar hanging out of his mouth, and he was God. Yeah. And uh, But anyway, Pops let me see the movie. So thanks, Dad. <laughs> and, and uh, anyway, I do remember. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> I remember George, you know, having that cigar. There were several scenes in the movie where he would have a cigar in his mouth. Look, uh, he de- when I saw that movie, he definitely wasn't in his heyday. No, nope. because George was George. He was a vaudeville guy, wasn't he? He was originally yeah, a vaudeville yeah. guy. Yeah, but uh, you know, he's a little man, a small man, but he he had a huge heart. He had these huge glasses, and uh-huh. he had this huge smile. Yeah. And uh, whenever I saw him, so many times, I think I saw him on Johnny Carson also. And uh, I think he even had a cigar there uh, on the Johnny Carson show. And uh, But I think, you know, if I remember correctly, that, that piqued my first interest in cigars was seeing this man smoke a cigar. And he was always so happy and yeah. funny. And, uh, you know... Of course, I, years later, before I started smoking cigars, but I remember, and you guys have heard my most memorable experience with a cigar. Yeah. I do remember sitting on the deck having that cigar, thinking about George Burns while I was smoking. Yeah. It. So, what would I ask George? I don't know really. I think I would just like to spend time and, and just get to talking. And I think as I got to know him, questions would arise. Um, Anybody who's an elder of you, uh, you can uh, gain a lot of knowledge from them. Yeah. Uh, you may be very different in uh, the ways you act, but uh, there's a lot to learn from uh, our elders. 
and 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 I respect that from them. And uh, so, and plus, you know, look at him. He, he looks like he likes to party. Yes. So hey, he I know he did a lot of USO tours and yeah. did a lot of uh, saw a lot of war zones. And I imagine he would have a ton of funny stories. Uh, great storyteller, uh, great sense of humor. I think he would be a very entertaining person to yeah. uh, sit down and talk to. I think George Burns is a great choice. So like he he smoked a box a day. Yeah, yeah. and I think it was like something simple, it, like so Dutch it, Masters. Well, it was yeah. that. Well, so I, I've I've heard a couple stories, but the one I've heard the most of is when he was on uh, Johnny Carson. Uh, Carson asked him what he was smoking, and I think he said like it was sw- it was Swisher. Yeah, um, it could have been. So yeah. then once. Swisher heard that they said you will never buy another cigar and they just gave him yeah all the cigars they started Swisher, loading him up yeah Dutch so masters I, of white owl something yeah like i mean that. He, yeah. He, he didn't smoke the ultra premium he smoked the you know the the gas station ones oh, drugstore cigars yeah. yeah um but you know a, a box a day i mean that's can you imagine smoking 20 a day yeah, that's, yeah. it's just that's that's opening you you open your eyes you get out of bed you grab a cigar. And I remember those drugstore cigars. My dad owned yeah. a couple of drugstores growing up. So back behind the counter, you know, we had the Dutch Masters. Yeah. And we had, I can't even think of all the names, but uh, we had Swishers, of course. Yeah. We had all that. Phillies. And and Phillies, yep. And uh, I remember those cigars in those days. Gosh, what was the, uh, there was one cigar. I can't even remember what it was called. But I had a granddad who would who would buy those by the box, like came fifty to a box, and he'd get them at the drugstore, and he smoked a box a month. Yeah, you know, of those things for for two seventy five a yeah, box, probably <laughs> right. exactly right, yeah. kind of like now, <laughs> right? Yeah, just, just like now, yeah, just right. like now, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good choice. So, and I always struggle. Uh, the first one's an easy one for me. The next two are hard. The dead one I struggle with. Um, with a couple choices and uh you can go with some musical one you could elvis would be an interesting choice because you figure elvis um i think elvis smokes cigars i've seen pictures elvis smoking cigars you figure he would have um amazing stories right you could ask him a ton of questions been there done that seen everything in the entire world right um you you could go uh you certainly go lincoln uh-huh. Um, you could go a lot of historical fiction or fi- figures. Um, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one, and then I'm gonna go with one honorary one with today's news. Um, and I, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, John Adams. Okay. Um, I'm an American history guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, uh, I I I choose between uh, a couple three guys. Four guys, it's it, the history, and I think John Adams would be the best conversationalist. Maybe Benjamin Franklin would be a slightly better choice because I think he might have been a little more partier and a little more conversationalist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm going to choose John Adams because he was more politically significant in my mind. Um, I would really like to choose uh, T.J., uh, Thomas Jefferson, or George Washington, who I think is— Wait a minute, wait a minute. TJ. TJ. Uh, yeah, you know him like y'all are tight. <laughs> yeah. You're tight like that, right? Right, like that. Yeah, yeah. Doug held his fingers together. Um, I think George Washington is the greatest president ever because he could have been king, and he set it up by by voluntarily stepping down to make sure that we had the intentional change of power and switch of party power that we uh, so uh, a matter-of-factly take grant, uh, uh, sort of just – take uh sort of brush to the side yeah we sort of just 
it's just we don't even think about now. Um, and I think George Washington is 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 sort of not given enough credit for that. But I think John Adams just that time with what happened. And we sit. Um, there's times when I know all these political people write books that we don't take enough credit or we don't take. We don't understand the glory of our country and what has happened. Uh, we don't. We don't understand that enough. And uh, to some degree, I agree, because it's really um, a miracle that we are a country and that we are where we're at. Absolutely. Because um, it was pretty much um, was a huge upset that we we won. And that we formed a government that has stood and has thrived and all those things. And I would like to hear the stories that were told uh, back then about those and uh, the, the decisions that were made and the tough choices that they had to make and the, the, tough, the tough living conditions and the things that they had to sacrifice to get where yeah. we are and be able to sit um, where we are today and worried about the things that we worry about today. So, well, I mean, and he started out, you know, he, he was a lawyer and then he, you know, he, he defended a red coat. Yep. You know, I think all those guys had such complex mm -hmm. lives because they, they had to walk a line, you know, they were, you know, they, it was a tough time and, and Thomas and, and George and all of them and, and Ben Franklin in particular, um, they had, those were heady times, right? Mm -hmm. Those weren't like now where things were a lot clearer. And I just think sitting down with any of those guys would be spectacular four hours. Yeah. Can you imagine the stress those guys were under and they how just, they handled it right. to, and to do and come up with what they did? Yeah. And it's just, it's remarkable. The so, stories that they would have would just, um, I, th I think I would struggle um, to put into context, but I would um, just be overwhelmed to hear them. Yeah. Did, did, have you seen the uh, the, the HBO miniseries? Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I assume you've probably read the book too. Yeah, I loved the book uh, by David uh, McCullough. McCullough. Yeah. So I I haven't read that one all the way through, but the other one, seventeen seventy six. I have both of those. Yeah. That one, I love that one. And when I was in Philly last year, you know, yeah. going to um, you know the Independence. Independence Hall and just seeing like, wow, this is, you're standing, you know, I'm not, my dad is an American history buff. He loves American history. I tapered more towards, you know, the Greek history and okay. all and stuff. But once I, you know, stepped foot in there, I was like, wow, this is, you, yeah. you, you just got this wave of just, I don't know, something came over you and you're like, wow, that's yeah. Adam's sat right there. there. You know, that's a chair that, yeah. You know, been built or you know just something like that it was it was really really cool uh, you know, i always love those when you, you're there and you know uh, i'm gonna make this about baseball for a second paula and i went paula my wife's a cup fan we went to wrigley field and we had really good seats and uh, like fourth row right behind first base and billy williams was playing a catch with ernie banks i believe and uh i'm a cardinals fan as uh -huh. you've well documented and I'm standing there, I'm standing up, and I'm watching Billy Williams play catch with Ernie Banks. And my wife, who is not as nearly as big a baseball fan as I am, and I'm saying, Billy Williams is playing catch with Ernie Banks. And it's just, it's yeah. that. 
And then I turn and say, Babe Ruth, right there, pointed it. And that's where he called his home run shot. Right. Yeah. And that this is where Gail Sayers played. Mm-hmm. And the, those moments where you're somewhere that something important happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were at the Masters, and it's the spot where uh, <clears throat> Gene Sarazen made the double eagle, and there's a plaque, and Paula and I were there. And it's overwhelming. You just go, that right there is where that happened. That's, it didn't happen on television. Yeah. It happened on that spot. Right. Yeah. Not somewhere else, not in 100 miles from here. That very centimeter is where it happened. And yeah. that is overwhelming. Yeah. It's so cool. We actually stood behind Jack Nicholas because I am of the age, as Doug is, and the son, where Jack <laughs> Nicholas is our guy, right? Jack Nicholas is our guy. Uh, yeah, he's the man. He's the man because that's the proper age. And my dad is a, is, a, is a Palmer guy, and my grandfather was a Palmer guy, but I'm a Nicholas guy. And Jack Nicholas at practice time, we followed him. And it was the, for the record, the coolest thing ever. And he chipped up. He was behind the green on, uh, I believe, eight. And he chipped up, and the ball rolled to his feet, chipped up, the ball rolled to his feet. And he said, you always wanted to play like me, and now you can. And none of you were thrilled. <laughs> and I laughed. But to see Jack Nicholas play Augusta was one of those moments. But. Those things where you see where something happened yeah. that is that important is moving. And so to be able to talk to somebody who had done those things, I think would also be that powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> and so the, the honorary seat at all of our table today. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we, we, had to, we had to throw them in. Yeah. Um, well, we're all music guys. We're all familiar with this guy. Um, yeah. He's one of my high school heroes. Yeah. The, to me, Doug, the greatest drummer of all time. Without a doubt. Uh, brought a lot of hard rock and jazz fusion together. Yeah. And uh, just incredible. So yeah. tell us who we're talking about. We're talking about Neil Peart of Rush, who I think, um, first of all, right age for you and I, not necessarily for Aaron as much, but I think we all know who Rush is. Um, he is both the lyricist for Rush, and so Tom Sawyer and all those, Limelight and all those mm-hmm. Great complex rock songs. I don't. Spirit I don't, of radio. Spirit of radio. I don't actually call them heavy metal, and I know some people do. No, because their their music was very complex, but it, it's progressive. Progressive. It's very progressive. It yeah. yeah, that's the but, absolute it, perfect word. Yeah. yeah, he is to me because I judge drummers uh, on technical ability yeah. and their ability to be precise, and he was to me the greatest of all times. I know you and I uh, uh, went back and forth about this, yeah. and there's others who can be great as well. Yeah. But um, he was, um, when I looked at it, we were watching a drum solos tonight, and we were watching him play, and uh, to me, he was the greatest of all time. Died suddenly at six, I shouldn't say suddenly. He had brain cancer, which yeah. is horrible. Um, and I guess nobody knew it except for those close to him. And that, that yeah, and, and, on, and honestly, he, he died on the seventh and the news just came out. Just the came day, out so they yeah. Kept yeah, he, he had uh, brain cancer for three years and he did, he battled it very quietly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, one thing a lot of people don't realize about him, the, uh, lyrics for rush. How many drummers do you know that actually write the lyrics? Yeah. yeah. All right, Geddy Lee sang the lyrics, but it was Neil who wrote the yeah, lyrics. Yeah. And, you know, and it was cool because a lot of his lyrics were based on science fiction, yeah. novels, and Shakespeare. 
Yeah. You know, just really, all yeah. tied in together. I still love, uh, I, I, they toured with Kiss. And so they were the opening act for Kiss. And I, I've heard Gene Simmons tell this story. They came down after Kiss got off stage and they came down and they were, uh, Gene Simmons was wanting to party and he came down and they were, uh, Rush was all in their rooms. And they said, come on, we're going to go party. And they said, no, dude, we're going to write songs. And they were like all sober in their room writing songs. But they were telling stories today on Volume, which is a serious XM channel, about how he was so serious about his craft that he would take drum lessons from people even later in his life. He was so serious about being a great drummer that he would he would take drum lessons. The greatest later in life. Later in life. Mm -hmm. just going, That's nuts. You're the greatest drummer of all time. Why are you taking drum lessons? But he was that serious about the craft. So I would love to talk about him. Now, I wouldn't have any questions about drumming, no. but the questions about how he wrote music would be much like the Eric Church questions. Yeah. I would just love to hear him talk. I, I would want to ask stories. him like, how long it took him to set up his kit. Because it was like a 250-piece oh. kit. I mean, I don't know if he set it up or the roadie set it yeah. up, but the fact that, you know, it's a big-ass big, big kit. Aaron. Yes. Favorite Rush album. I don't have a favorite album, um, but I probably my favorite song is Working Man. Working Man. Oh, yes. choice. Mark, favorite I, Rush album? I'm, I'm going to go with, with Aaron and go with Tom Sawyer's a song. I'm probably, oh, wow. I'm just not going to choose an album. I'm choosing an album. Okay. I mean, Permanent, yeah. Permanent Waves. Nice choice. Uh, Boy, that's got Jacob's Ladder, Spirit of Radio, which is absolutely my probably my favorite song. rush song of all time uh i remember junior senior in high school i think yeah. i had the eight track oh man i wore that thing out those three guys were such i mean to think about that much music coming out of three guys is just stupid crazy oh. yeah. and if you it, you folks out there if you're not, not familiar with neil look him up on youtube and watch that guy go to work yeah i mean even when he was you know he, he was, what, 67? 67. So hit, their last album came out in 12, I believe, like yes. Clockwork Angels. Uh, and they did a, you know, they did a live, a whole live thing. And he was still, so that, that would have put him at huh. early 60s. Right. And he was still just beating the hell out of those drums. They yeah. did an album later in the later years, too. I don't, I'm not sure what year, maybe 10 years ago. It was called uh, Snakes and Arrows. And it was nothing but cover songs. And they were old blues songs. Really? They did, they, oh, they did Crossroads. Um, yeah, yeah. Down at the Crossroads, you know, you, you think about all the all the people that have covered it. Listen to Rush cover that song. Yeah. It is incredible. They're spectacular. And he in particular, because I uh, there was an interesting discussion the other day on um, volume. Somebody was talking about and said, there will never be another great rock band because there's never going to be a band where the drummer is as great as the lead singer. Yeah. And yep. you think about Getty Lee. I love Getty Lee. And we were laughing tonight about Getty Lee and Bob and Doug McKenzie and how great <laughs> Getty Lee, his voice is amazing. Yeah. He's a great musician. He's, he's a very talented vocalist, but I mean, as great as Getty Lee is, and I love him all day long. <laughs> I mean, sorry, you're not as good as your drummer. <laughs> no, but Getty Lee, I remember my first Rush song I think I probably ever heard was, and then I became a Rush fan. Then I had to rush out and buy 2120, the album. But uh, So I was going to go 2120. Yeah, my, or 2112. Yeah, 21, yeah, there you go, 2120, excuse me. 2112, and uh, 
but the first Rush song I heard, "Fly by Night." Yeah, that's, Getty. That's a good. I one. mean, uh, Getty goes to "Fly by Night." Oh man, come on, dude! His, but his like, voice but like, even in like. So a lot of people didn't know of Rush until like 11, 12 years ago when the movie I Love You Man came out with Paul Rudd and he's like slapping the bass and it's like that's some good Getty Lee and like I mean they yeah. just have a thing for Rush and it's like yeah like you're bringing some some Rush love to the to my yeah. my d- age and demographic. They I mean I know your generation found out trust me when I say Doug and I did not need Paul Rudd to explain who us who Rush. No, I mean are. I didn't either, yeah, but I just right. no. Um, Rush was <laughs> Rush was one of those bands that if you, I mean, rock back in our day was was much more central on the radio. Yeah, and Rush still wasn't like dominant on the radio. I mean, it was Van Halen, and it was it was a lot of other well, bands. And, and it's kind of like but you, you had, if you were a rock fan, you knew who Rush was. And trust me, because my college roommate. Uh, I remember them going and doing some fairly illegal things while they were there. But um, but I remember we went and – I mean, it was a big deal. Rush was a big deal. If you were a serious music rock fan yeah. back in the day. Yes, yes. If you were one of those uh, guys back in our day, Mark, Disco Sucks. Disco Sucks. If you sucks. were one of those Disco Sucks guys, you were a Rush Ooh. fan. There's Steve, no doubt about Steve it. Steve Dahl. Yeah. yeah. Well, you want to touch on these cigars yeah. again? I just had to touch mine up because I was talking too yep. much. So the sizes that these come in, um, we're having the Toro, uh, but it also comes in a Corona, uh, 44 by 5. The Toro is a 50 by 6. And the Bellicoso, 52 by 6 and 8. These guys um, didn't get the memo on the funky names for the size? Yeah, no, like, you know, Twilight Princess size or, you know, whatever. They're just okay. straight to the cut. Well, That's what I like. Toro. Stick with the size that everybody again, knows. As long as it tastes good yeah. and it lights on fire, I'm okay with it. But these guys with the standard names, I'm getting a little disappointed. <laughs> so I will say the one. So we have the Toros here because that's where we're smoking now. But if you are a fan of this cigar and you want one with some super age on it, the, the, Cor- the no the Corona, the, the Corona, the Corona okay. that we have. Oh man, it's it's really good. It is. Yeah. The patina on the wrapper because we we've only had that box for a month. Yeah, if that. And then you're the one that you you thought something was wrong with it because you open it up. You're like, I, I thought the wrappers were dirty. Yeah, and we took a cigar out. Did you clean them? No, I thought. I, I, no, I got my finger and I tried to wipe it off. I said, "Wait a minute, that's on the inside of the wrapper." Yeah. So he he showed me. So I just went ahead and unwrapped one and like pulled it back a little bit, and it was just it was like a dingy yellow. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like been aging for that's what every cigar lover yeah. loves to see. And dingy, I, so I dingy I, yellow. I yeah. instantly grabbed yeah, exactly. like four. That's it. So, Fair enough. Uh, but this thing is a real, I've kind of lost mm. my chocolate. It's kind of turned into more of a caramely type thing and I'm getting tons of caramely smoke and it's yeah. just so good. I have not so, lost my chocolate. You're yeah. a little ahead of me. So one that, so something that I've, I've started to realize I like in a cigar is when you get a little bit of that, when it dries your palate out, Tannin-y. Um, yeah, the tanniny taste. This this is has that yeah. that dry tanniny. I'm I'm just now, I'm smoking more cigars that do that, and I'm looking for cigars that are more like that for my palate. And I'm and this one is, it didn't start out that way, but through the second third, it's definitely is definitely hitting that that I don't. It's not a note. I guess what is it? Just the, I guess it is a note. I don't yeah, know. it's a note, and it's. Have but, you guys retrohaled this thing yet? I haven't yet. Let me try this. It's going to give you a kick. You want a kick? Yeah, yeah. Retrohale. Again, it. I was talking so much, it's went out. 
So while he's reloading, anyway, well, well, you know he did his. <laughs> Got it. All right, Aaron's yeah. going with the retro hail now. It definitely uh, it livens you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, you. You definitely get more of that peppery. Um, you it's almost, almost a red pepper. Yeah, you, yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not. Not so much a black. Um, but you get. I get a little more leather too on the on the on the backside. I'm yes. super into leather. To quote Frank Zappa. <laughs> I, see, I don't like I don't like leathery cigars. I love leathery cigars. Yeah. I want to feel is, like this, I'm smoking a basketball. Man. You know, like smoking a cow? Yeah, I can't do that. But this I is love, this yeah. is good. This is. But you like the punch, which is all leather. See, I, it, it depends on the punch, though. There's some. I mean, I love punch. Okay. I absolutely love punch. But there's some that are really leathery, but then there's some that are just like, okay. you know, it's called punch for a reason. Okay, you're complex. I know. I'm. I'm a it's complex individual. I'm I don't a, like this Gisbert cigar. I'm a, I'm a Big old book. Okay. Before we start the um, the uh, fictional character, which is my hardest one, so I'm, I'm vamping as much as I can. Oh. I wanna, uh, <laughs> is that I wanna, why you want to go last? <laughs> it is why I want to go last, but also because I want to control the conversation, which is a huge surprise. Um, I, I want to I call out a couple things. The The top ten list uh, was, uh, was probably my favorite co- podcast other than the one, mm-hmm. my first one, where we, yeah. we got a lot of positive feedback from my story, and, and I, I loved um I, I love that um but it, it is um it is awesome just for a second to have run into somebody who's heard my story and then talk about it yeah i'm not used to that mm-hmm. um and i've done that about five to six times um and i can't say how much that means to me personally so let me start with um, I've received a lot of very positive feedback from that. So I'm going to start with that. Um, and that means a lot to me. So yeah. I, I want to say thank you. Um, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a little overwhelming at mm-hmm. times to have people say, I heard your story and talk about it. But um, it means a lot to me. It's a little surreal, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's very surreal. But it is um, meaningful to me personally. Yeah. And um, it's amazing. Um, the other thing is the top 10 list this week um, we had like this really positive, not like little positive, like incredibly positive conversation with a lot of people. Um, and we had some people send some cigars that we were interested in. Um, and um, uh, just just speaking for Mark for a second, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I told Aaron this. Uh, I've had a long, stressful, I don't want to say tough week because this is what I do for a living, right? Yeah. And it was a normal week uh, that I cried a little bit today when I was done, right? It's just a hard week. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it, uh, you have those, and I, I'm not, I'm in no way complaining. Um, but I uh, had some people reach out and do some things that were amazing. Um, and that is just spectacular. Yeah. And to quote Steve um, intentionally here, um, I just want to say thank you. And um, if you sent scars, if you sent me a note, if you sent us a note, um, it's, overwhelming uh in such an amazingly cool way aaron and i uh i believe it was wednesday night yes shared a moment where we talked about that and um i just want to say thank you to everything that everybody's done this is something we do because we enjoy each other but we also mostly enjoy sharing time with all of you in sort of a weird sort of asynchronous way yeah but we really enjoy the feedback we get from all of you and the conversations we have with all of you and the budding relationships we have with all of you and um this week was 
um, just off the charts cool. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to stop here in a second and let Aaron have a second. But um, just thank you. Yeah. And um, yeah. it was really uh, – timing was perfect. It was totally cool. Um, and I know the timing was just coincidental, but yeah. uh, it couldn't have been better. Yep. Yep. And I, uh, I'm looking forward to. I have, uh, looking forward to smoking some cigars. Yeah, yeah. It was. It a, was. A, it, it, was it was a nice little surprise when I went to my mailbox and I saw a package from, uh, from Frank. Yeah. And uh, I, I sent a message on Instagram. I was like, dude. He's dude. Like, he's like, what? And I sent him a picture of the box. He's like, oh man, enjoy. I'm like, dude, that is cool. That, Jacob's thanks. filling in some holes too, and yeah. I'm. I'm excited about yeah, all so of those, that. Yeah, so those should be here by the time this comes out. We will we'll already have them. Yeah. So and uh, and the notes and I don't. I mean, the scars are great. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm overwhelmed and I'm looking forward to. I was explaining to Paula um, that we now have uh, somebody to meet in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the record, uh, she was uh, looking at flights for this weekend because she heard uh, Frank, you were in Vegas uh, this weekend, which is actually last weekend when you hear this. Um, and I said, no, we can't go cause I got some stuff to do, but, uh, we're looking forward to coordinating some meets out there. I saw there was a, a really cool shop where some meets we can do in Dallas and Phoenix. Yep. Uh, those are two places I go and two places I love to smoke. And so, uh, we're all on board for that. So and Aaron and I so, are already making plans. Yeah. So while we're talking about Arizona, I want to give a shout out to a shop in, yeah. uh, was it Scottsdale? You still need to send me the link because I need yeah, one of those Yeah, so this shirts. is That's from uh, Scallywag Cigars. Yeah. I mean, just the the most like. So here at Weston, we have a pretty cool shirt, yeah. if I do say so oh, myself. Oh, it's pretty bad, eh? But this shirt here, this <laughs> this might be my new favorite no, cigar shirt. That's cool. So thanks to them. And I mean, ordered, you know, I got some black label. And I was like, first, mainly I wanted that shirt. That was the main purpose. Yep. But then I was like, oh, they have a bundle of black labels? So now you have a yeah, ton sure, of... sure, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and do that. You have a ton of black labels now. I know, and Doug was gracious enough to, really uh, nice to pay his Doug. dues and then give me five more for, yeah, for our I, little uh, bet. I did. I lost the bet, the uh, <laughs> or, the old Army-Navy bet. I think so. you won also, though, because you got some black label as well. Yeah, did. I, I did. Uh, they were... Uh, the people I got the cigars from, they were a little behind on getting me my cigars. They realized it. They actually... Sent me an email, personal email, and said, uh, we're going to make this right, and uh, we're going to get you your cigars, and we're going to throw in some extra cigars. I tell you what, so. you know, I, I've so I reached out to the guys at uh, Burndown up okay. in New York, and I just texted them. I was, like, I was like, dude, we have one of the coolest, I'm going to say jobs because we don't get paid for it, but we have one of the coolest things where, like, you know, I got a, a box out of the blue from a listener. It's like this community is yeah. the best damn community yeah. out there. And just like, you know, same thing with you, you know, they, it was a, it was a problem on their end. Yep. They made, you know, they made, made amends right. for it and send you a little extra. Yep. I mean, what, uh, what else, what so, other community out there, cigar community? Yeah. I mean, right. Or what other, yeah. Cigars are just in general. I'm, I'm flubbing my words because I can't even yep. fucking yeah, talk. I mean, but. no, the, the guy was great. Uh, they've got, it's a, they got a brick and mortar shop. Yeah. And uh, the guy said, Hey, give me a call. My name's Gary. So I called Gary. And he's a great guy, man. He said, hey, look, sorry, we didn't realize we didn't have what you needed. Uh, we're going to make it right. And uh, awesome. they absolutely made it more than right. And uh, I was not expecting that, did not even ask for that. So yeah. uh, I'm going to have to call those guys and, and really give them a big thank you. you know, and, you know, I'll, I'll give props to, to B, too, because that's his main 
That's yeah. his main goal is to, you know, mm-hmm. make Absolutely. sure, give the customer, make sure that everything's good on their end. That's Absolutely. why, that's why I treat, um, is the, is the customer here. Yeah. That's why, uh, B last night I went up to, to, I'm not the biggest Rocky fan, mm-hmm. uh, although I love the ALR for the record. Absolutely. Um, and, but I love Brandon, mm-hmm. um, and went up and supported his event, which was awesome last night. And, the, uh, you know, he always treats me uh, better than I deserve. And I always want to make sure that I treat my local B&M well. And, uh, and Brandon is one of those people who deserves that. And my experience with 99% of the B&Ms is they deserve that attention. So, yeah. Yeah. so let's get back to the topic of the day. So let's, um, let's go to the hardest topic I find, but I think others find this easier. So this one was pretty easy on me. Okay. Um, the other, so, so the first two, I assume Dan is a cigar smoker. Bourdain, I know he was a cigarette smoker and I know he smokes cigars and every once in a while. Yeah. This one, I don't know if he's a cigar smoker because I don't know if cigars were really around then, but I know he's a pipe smoker. Okay. And this one is Gandalf. 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 There you go. Yep. So our Subaru is named Gandalf because it's gray. So had I don't out. know. I'm going to switch gears. Did you see that Subaru uh, released a new car? <laughs> the, <laughs> yes. the not safe for work edition. <laughs> I did see that. The okay. Forester. That's pretty. That's Remarkably pretty cool. enough, I thought of you. I, I, don't, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Gandalf. Yeah. Wasn't he like King Arthur's cousin or something like that? Wow. Dude, Dude, come on, you're killing me. Are you serious? Can you can you kill his? No, my I'm just, I, I'm just teasing, man. He he was. Uh, <laughs> He was a friend of the Hobbits, or yeah, so, yeah he, was, see, he was a I, friend of the Hobbits. See, I know a little more. Now, you, I'm sure you need to kill his wife. Yeah, yeah. So you're no, not a Lord I, of the Rings fan? I have seen the Lord of the Ring movies. I have read the books. I've read the Hobbit. And I have read all this stuff. You read the Silmarillion? Okay, so I haven't read all that. So stuff. that one is, <laughs> it, it's in the same. I don't want to say universe, like it's Marvel, but it's in the same. It's, it is. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a it's kind Genesis. of Genesis. Yeah. It's like uh, the Bible, like um, the it's like the first book that explains the. It's how Sauron comes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, but but Gandalf. I mean, just Maybe. hearing his adventures and stories yeah. and smoking that big, uh, you know, Cheshire pipe. Um, you know, I I doubt it was tobacco. Um, you know, that good weed, as he even says it in the uh, in the movie. Um, but just you know, hearing the stories about the dragon, or you know you know, with Frodo or Sam and just all his stuff. Like if I could have a fictional person to smoke with, That'd be a good it's one. gotta be Gandalf. And I don't care if it's Gandalf white or Gandalf gray, but I'm going to go gray. Mm. Okay. Is that um, their last name? Well, no. So, so come on, man. Again. <laughs> Are you sure yeah, you've read the books? <laughs> right. Are you sure? Do we need to, do we need to get the comic versions out for you? <laughs> I knew a guy. Never mind. <laughs> See, and I'm like, like I, you know, I have a big beard. I want to have that Gandalf style beard, you know, just that wizardry. I want, I want that wizard beard. I don't know if Mo would like me to have a wizard beard, but change your uh, Instagram tag. They call me wizard. They call me wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always thought like, you know, if the day comes where I shave, you know, do I change my name? Like. From they call me Viking to they call me Babyface. Yeah, they call they call you Babyface, or just Babyface. Yeah, Babyface Malone. I know Rob refers to you as Viking. Yeah, um, which I like, and I've, I've been tempted, but it, I think that would make you too happy. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, but fictional wise, I gotta go Gandalf. I mean, that's no, just that's a good uh, one. I mean, what would you ask? What would you ask Gandalf? I just want to hear stories. Really? I mean, not not so much like how does magic work or can you you know give me a lifetime supply of cigars or blah blah blah, but just like tell me about smog. Tell me about Frodo. Tell me about Sam. Tell me about you know walking into the dead woods. About the tree folk. About you know. Our elves really hot. Yeah. The, dead, the dead woods are all the little forest people. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I, I, I have a thing about like fairies and like mythical kind of stuff like that. No, that's cool. I, I really enjoy. Like my next tattoo is actually going to be like a mushroom house. A mushroom, like house. a fairy mushroom, mushroom house. house. Sure. I love. I just love that kind of stuff. But you're sure, just, you're a Viking. Nah. <laughs> 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 um. But just, yeah, just chilling with him, you know, smoke. I smoke I smoke a pipe every once in a while, so I'll there you go. whip out the pipe with him. and uh, Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Gandalf, I mean, what's up? <laughs> Gandalf, yeah, Gandalf, what's up? Right. Yeah. But Better choice than Sauron, certainly. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, all right. So I guess it's uh, old Dougie Fresh's turn. Dougie Fresh. I figure you're going to choose Dougie Fresh. Uh, no, I'm not going to choose Dougie Fresh. I'm going to choose a, a fictional character who has spent a lifetime putting out fires to smoke a cigar with. So the first thing you got to do when you smoke, two things you got to do is you got to cut your cigar and then you have to light a fire. Mm-hmm. So I want to smoke with a guy that spent a lifetime putting out fires while we're smoking a cigar. Can I take a guess? Go. Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear. You nailed Are it. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> you got it. It's exactly who it is. The Viking strikes again. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've seen full head to toe shots of Smokey the Bear, he's a big bear. Yeah. So yeah. he's a bear, is what you're saying? Yeah. And, it, and he looks and he looks like an old school wrestler. You know, he's just got a big body, but he's covered in hair. So he looks kind of tough. Like a bear? Like a bear. <laughs> and he's got. You know, those pictures you see, he's got a shovel in one hand, mm-hmm. like he's getting ready to put out the fire, throw some dirt on the fire. Yep. Then he's holding the raccoon in, in his other arm, like he's saving the wildlife from the fire, right? He, only you. The only best you thing, prevent. the only way you can make that poster better is for him to have a cigar hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> right? That, that's, I seriously doubt the, the Wildlife Foundation would want this, that. This is how, yeah, you know, putting out a fire, smoking a cigar. This is how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm now like, not going to sleep tonight knowing how his brain works. Let's, okay. let's get to it. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, he's almost like, um, another fictional character, 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 Wolverine. It's kind of like that. You know, he's, he does a lot of good things, but Wolverine, you know, a lot of times he's got a, he's got a cigar hanging out of his, remember that one movie scene, Wolverine, there was fire everywhere and he, mm-hmm. he's got this cigar hanging out of his mouth. It'd just be cool to see Smokey doing the same thing. And, and and I would like to, you know, questions I'd like to ask this guy, I want to know, who thought of the character Smokey? All right, who made you up, Smokey? Smokey's mom and Smokey's yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, Smokey, who who thought of you, and why did this person think of you? And and You realize it's not Smokey the Bear, it's Smokey Bear. Smokey Bear, yeah, Smokey Bear. Is it not the? I thought, I no, it's I Smokey Bear. You're, you're absolutely correct, sir. And, um, but no, uh, I'd like to ask him. I'd like to ask him about the little raccoon that he's holding in that poster. You know, he's His saying little the, buddy. Yeah, I'd, I want to know the raccoon's name. I mean, Smokey's got a name. The raccoon's got to have a name. Rocket. Ah, that's another guy. 
That, who would also be what, awesome to that, smoke a cigar with? That was that was in that other Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. What movie was that? The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy. Avengers. Yeah. 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 But uh, so I mean, I could think of fictional characters all day long to smoke a cigar with because uh, growing up, I was big into comic books. So I mean, I could go superheroes like yeah. crazy, and that's what I thought of at first. My first thought was Wolverine. Uh, then my yeah. second thought was the Hulk. And then I thought, hey, you know, that's that's just those are just names everybody knows. Let's think of somebody that nobody's gonna smoke you, Smokey Bear, Smokey Bear. Can you imagine the size of the cigar the Hulk would have to smoke? Oh, I mean, it's eighty ring gauge is not even big enough for that guy. (laughs) Oh, everything's going off. Yeah, flash flood warning in Little Rock, just so that everybody knows. Emergency alert, severe. Yeah, here we go. We're okay. It's all good in the no, hood. It's, it's all good in the hood. It's all good in the hood. Me and Smokey smoking our big green gauge Smokey's cigars. an interesting choice. This is, yeah, this I, is I, I, ne- I never would have guessed that. If you like didn't start off with your little prologue yep. of all right. that kind of yep. stuff. Yep. Smokey His intro. Yeah. Yeah. No, I Smokey, Smokey spent a lot of time putting out fires, doing a lot of good things for yeah. national parks. So, yeah, yeah Smokey Bear. I struggle with this one as well. And, and I've given the Wolverine answer because, you know, he uh, – he would be an interesting story if you could get him talking and drinking, uh, that he would be interesting. Uh, I've given the answer of uh, Denny Crane uh, from Boston Legal because he smokes cigars. Uh, and uh, the, the person who plays him on that show, along with uh, Spader, uh, would, that would be a fascinating conversation. Once again, my answer on the who would you want to smoke a cigar with who is fictional. Um, those would be, uh, I think, great. Uh, I'm fascinated now, though, as you as you sort of alluded to, uh, uh, Rocky Raccoon, because <laughs> no. I've seen him smoke a cigar yeah. on, on the Guardians of the Galaxy would be fun. Um, uh, the person I chose uh, was a little more serious. Uh, I'm not the biggest Sherlock Holmes fan, um, but from a conversationalist point of view yeah. and just being able to witty banner, um, this is this is a uh, I, I I sit in the. Uh, Okay, that was that was a big one. That was a big one. That was George Burns. That was George Burns. Oh God, <laughs> or Orbord Dane. Yeah. Yes, um, but I'm yeah. gonna go Sherlock Holmes because I think the conversation would be interesting. He, he's clearly a smoker. Yeah. Um, he, you know, from a literature point of view, I, I enjoy reading. I, I've read a ton of those books. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm, I'm not one of those guys who's who's a big uh, Holmes fan. But uh, I think he would be an interesting choice. I, I'm really interested because I feel like we're we we all chose in the same sort of genre yeah. of science fiction. We're all science fiction fans. Uh, I feel like we're missing something here, uh, and I would love to hear other people here because I feel like we're missing uh, the game mm-hmm. on the fictional. And so this is where I think somebody's going to come up and I'm going to go, oh, yeah, that's the logical yeah. answer. So I give Denny Crane as my non-science fiction. Um, I've given Wolverine as my science fiction. And I, mm-hmm. I choose Sherlock Holmes as my literature choice um, uh, just because those are uh, sort of standard answers for me. Mine's lame here. You can feel free to mock me on this one. Um, I feel like my other two answers were significantly better. Um, but that, that's where we're going on that. Um, 
But uh, hopefully everybody's enjoyed the conversation yeah, tonight. Yeah. I, I'd really like to see this conversation continue on the on the Facebook page and Instagram. I, I'd love email us and we, we continue the conversation. Um, I, I'm fascinated uh, what people other people would suggest. Um, before we get into news, anything you guys want to wrap up? I think there's been pretty big news this week. Uh, I know last last one was the 21. But uh, there's been pretty big news this week. But before we get into that, anything you guys want to um, wrap up on this? I've I'll, enjoyed this conversation. I mean, the the day this drops, got the Altatus event up here. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be having the cigars that we're smoking tonight. Um, and like Doug mentioned before, all the other brands, Monty's. Um, you know, I'm big uh, Spada fans. So we're gonna have those. We got the yep. the H Hupman uh, SLR. The new cigar by H Hupman also will be at the yep. event. It's the uh, H Hupman by. Jose Menendez. Menendez, yeah. nice. Yep. Um, if I you're, assume if there's you're, Scully uh, barbecue. Uh, uh, we will have Scully barbecue. Yep. Uh, I love. Absolutely. I love that man personally, but uh, his his barbecue might. Uh, yeah, we love his barbecue more than him. That's not true, <laughs> but I love his barbecue a lot. Scully's yeah. one of my yeah. favorite people. He's one of the great people in the world, but. This barbecue is, is damn yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, news-wise, I guess that's about it for what we have coming up on, you know, up in, on the shop yeah. uh, stuff. But, uh, yeah, news-wise for this week, you know, we touched last week on how, you know, it's 21 across the board. Um, you know, since we've now been roughly two weeks, I guess, for that being in, um, it sucks. I've had to kick away some people I've, you know, I've yeah. built relationships with yes. and around, and I know you've had to, you've had had to do the same thing. And it hurts, especially it, when these uh, military guys walk in. Yeah. And, and that, got, that's the thing. Like, I, you know, I have my group on Sunday yeah. that come in from the Air Force Base, and it's just like... It's tough. Yeah, it sucks. It's like, y'all can't be in here, you know? And it's yeah. just and the, and the look of bewilderment on their face is yeah. like, it's not... Trust me, it's not us. We, you know, I want you to stay in here, but um, but you know, I just like yeah, you know, they can go can. to battle for the country that we know and love, yeah, right, yeah, but they can't come in here and smoke a cigar, yeah. so yeah, y'all, there's just something not right about that. So, I know there was big news in the industry today around the show. Yep. Is, you want to go through that? Yeah, so the news that's coming out that came out today, uh, a good write up on a uh, half wheel, yep, um, but for PCA, which used to be IPCPR. Um, Altadas, uh, Davidoff, Drew Estate, and General are not exhibiting at PCA 2020 this mm-hmm. year. Uh, that's a, you know, just with those four companies right there, that's a a good sized chunk of cigars that everybody knows and enjoys. Especially, I, said, I mean, I mean, eighteen percent of the retail. Yeah. Uh, well, that, those are big names, and uh, those guys are taking the lead and there may be more to follow now. So, yeah. And, I yeah. mean, in, so, I mean, you've been to IPCPR. I haven't been uh, yet and you haven't been. Yet, I have, have not you? been yet, but you know, you know, we see the footprint every year. Um, Davidoff section is absolutely huge. Huge. Um, I mean, and that's going to be a, a big void, you know, Drew Estate. So with Drew Estate, you're, you're not going to get, you're not going to have Liga out there. You're not going to have the Drew Estate core line. You're not going to have the Undercrown. You're not going to have Acid. You're yeah. not going to have... At this point. Yeah, at this point. Um, you know, like you said, we have a couple different viewpoints on yeah. it. Give yours. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap with mine. I, I still, I think it still boils down to when PCA said they're going to bring the consumer aspect into it. It ruffled feathers of, you know, the retailers, of the distributors, of the cigar people itself, where, you know, they bumped us 
down the list, put con- consumers first, and it, it throws up a, a you know a weird shade of gray when you can now bring in X amount of people from the shop. You get to see behind the curtain. You get to see you know the cost fixed price. You get to see all this kind of stuff, and you, you you just open up a bag of worms. I can see the good that they were trying to do, but I just think they missed that mark. But I don't know if it was a trial to see what the what the outlook would look like there, you know, it, it could have gone 50, 50 either way, you know, either it was going to get a good response or it was get a negative response. Mm. I, you know, it, it definitely got more the negative response. I mean, we even talked about it on like yeah. way, I mean, four in July about, you know, just the rumblings around other shops and the consumers, whenever Steve got back and, you know, he, he, he broke it down to what was happening. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat you're in Aaron. Uh, and I think the, the companies that are, are doing this are pulling it out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope it's a move to support retailers, B&Ms. Uh, I hope that's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat you are. I think that's why they're doing it. I mean, because they are there to do business with retailers. And the retailers are there to do business with the cigar companies. Yeah. And now allowing the consumers, which is, I love my consumers. You got to yeah. love your consumers. But this is a business thing. Yeah. It really is. Uh, with all the fun that goes along with it and with the good time that goes along with it, it's still all about business, and they're kind of tinkering with that. And I, I think this is going to give TPE a, a foot in the door on trying to become a better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cigar avenue for retailers. You know, TPE has kind of gone. They, they, they've changed their motto a little bit. They've done more CBD. They've done more vape stuff. Um, you know, and now this is going to give them that chance to take that to take that reign of IPCPR slash PCA um, away and have TPE as kind of the main forefront and that's only in what two to three weeks from now yeah um yeah but of course you know i don't i don't know all the the reasons why everything is going on obviously um i can only speculate yeah sure so i've I've just got so 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 this is coming from two people who now work in a shop yep and seeing it so as somebody who used to own a shop and and sees the analytical side of it sure what's your take so my, my take's different on this. And so, uh, first of all, let me dispel a notion that IPCPR or PCA is fun. Um, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it um, and that is, I'm, I'm not going to say that it is, it is void of a good time. It is, it is an intense two or three, four or five days. It is, um, it is a shit ton of work. Yeah. It is a lot of walking. It is a lot of doing your job. It is a lot of shaking hands and talking business. Yeah. It is It is a finance problem. It is a math problem. It is a figuring out your budget problem. It is a, from a retailer point of view, there is this point of view. Doug, you and I have talked about ordering cigars a lot. Yes. Because this is something I, I have a perspective on. Um, that Aaron, you don't, and Doug now is, is grasping, and, and, and Doug, or that B has a really good grasp on, and the real retailers, this is the business that you're in as yeah. much as, as, as running the shop. 
Um, and IPCVR is important to that in PCA now. Um, and it is a, it is, it is a lot of work and it is a lot of prep work and it is a lot of work there. And you get to go out to dinner and have nice dinners and you get to go to parties and you get to do those things where you're mingling and you're making relationships. Um, and it's, it feels very much to me, I work in healthcare government spaces. It feels very much to me like uh, a work conference mm -hmm. where you're making relationships, you're shaking hands, you're exchanging business cards, you're making relationships. And I'm not going to say those are void of fun because they are not void of, they, are, they, they can be very enjoyable, but they are work all day long. Um, at two in the morning, are you having a good time with people you like? Of course you are. Are you smoking cigars? Without question. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work. My take on this is this is a negotiating ploy. Um, I suspect that there's a good chance that these four vendors will end up back at IPCPR PCA this year. But I could be wrong on that. Well, and, and you I know, think it, it's more about attendance from the retailers over a several year stint because there's been a lot of news stories over the last three or four years where attendance is down. And I think this is somewhat the cigar manufacturer's deal that they've offered deals outside of the event and you don't necessarily have to go. And to be honest with you, when I was still an owner, it was getting to the point where you really didn't have to go. And think about it. You're a, you, you own a shop, you're Brandon. You own two shops now. You have Doug. Doug and Brandon going to the show is a reward. It's fun. There's there's a good side to it. Yeah. But you're not in your shop for four or five days. It costs you money to fly to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. certainly. It's not insignificant. It's five, six hundred bucks. You got to put yourself in a hotel, which is another six, eight hundred bucks. You got to pay for meals. You got to pay for Ubers. You got to do stuff. You got to gamble. You. <laughs> You got to, you know, do all those things, right? Um, if you know what you're already going to do there and it's already set business, um, you got to question that expense. And, and honestly, so there's a lot of reps, there's a lot of stores that probably are thinking through that and not I I expending that. Well, and a lot of, uh, you're seeing a lot more, um, you know, product services that are doing the deals <clears throat> beforehand too, you know. Or offering it even if you do not go. Yeah, I mean. And so the other thing is, um, I, I think there is a shakeup in the lobbying angles of a lot of these organizations. Yeah. And I, I wonder, I do not know in any way, is there frustration in the way PCA and I, uh, is, is lobbying? There's been a lot of legislation that have passed that has got to frustrate cigar manufacturers. And I wonder in some ways, are they frustrated with the money they're spending and way it's being spent and not seeing you know it's not, it's not seeing, seeing the what, results yeah. and the and the holding the line better on some of these regulations which to be honest with you do not make a lot of sense yeah. you know i mean will and there I wonder if that you know is, what you say makes a lot of sense um so the boat that aaron and i were in or are in and the boat that you're in uh have some similar yeah, points to them, but you, you brought up some things about the legislation and all that, and I think you've got a really good point there. And, uh, yeah, so I think it might be some pressure from the big boys putting some pressure putting some pressure on, on PCA to say, hey, get your act together. Yeah, yep. TPE is not going to take its place this year. And to be honest with no. you, when we were out there, so the PCA is cleaned up, my understanding, when we were out there, there was vaping and there was a lot of the, it was hookahs back in the day. Yeah. 
there was a lot of what I consider alternative tr tobacco products that were out there. And they that became less present in the PCA environment. And to some degree, that was good. If you're talking about going back to TPE, you're talking about re the CBD and the marijuana and all that stuff being re-engaged um, back into the show. And most cigar shops have no interest in that sort of market. Right. Yeah. And so you're going back to cigars being 20, 30% of the floor and a lot of that other stuff being most of it. Because yeah. let's be honest, CBD is is lit the world on fire. Oh, yeah. In the, the THC <clears throat> stuff, the marijuana, the legalized medical stuff, uh, the THC gummies and all that stuff is setting the world on fire. Yeah. The problem with the with that it, that show is that stuff is going to be there and it is going to be predominant. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting. This year is going to be the odd year because clearly some of these manufacturers are trying to make a stand. Well, it's, it's like, will there be... You know, solidarity between all the manufacturers. Yeah. No, but you know, if you're a small, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. If you're, but if you're a small boutique company, you may and, you, and you see that these four big boys aren't going to be there, you go and you maybe know, it's your time to shine because you're not going. You're not fighting with. Well, so does B go? So if those, they don't go. And let's say Perdomo, because I heard Perdomo was on the fence as well. Mm -hmm. Let's say Perdomo doesn't go. And let's say Padrone doesn't go. And then let's say Rocky suddenly doesn't go, because now all the, bi the big boys so the, don't. So, yeah, then it's just going to be a, a boutique a, a show. show. Yeah. Does yeah. Brandon the, go? Because a lot of it has something to do with Does, does, does P&T <clears throat> go? You know, it's... Does 906 go? Yeah. Because now suddenly you're not... You right. can get all of those deals that, that are most important for you economically. Yeah. Right. In, in your shop, sitting here, not having to pay somebody to cover you while you're gone. Yeah. Oh, and you're trying to you're trying to build relationships with these guys too. Yeah. And so the big guys that I know you Brandon want to build relationships with, if they're not there, I, maybe you don't want to go. I know Brandon is really smart about how he approaches boutiques, so he may enjoy being able to spend more time with the boutiques. Right. I know he does. He's very smart about this. And a lot of shops are getting much smarter about this, about valuing the boutiques and understanding the boutique because because it drives interest in some of the additional people yeah. who walk in the shop. Brandon has a very smart attitude about that. Um, you know, understanding that Davidoff's going to walk in your front door because you're going to buy enough cigars. He's Davidoff, they, yeah. They're yeah. going to do that. But uh, he's got a smart attitude. And I know P&T and a bunch of them have a smart attitude about that. Yeah. So maybe he will go. But it'll be interesting to see. This year's a shakeout year. So the, the first four manufacturers, the big boys, have, uh, several of the big boys have drawn the line. It's interesting. Um, I, I say this because I, I negotiate for a living. Um, never never overreact to the first, the first threat. Yeah. Because um, I could... 60%, 30%, 90%, 20%. I don't know what it is. I can envision a PCA with all of them there. Yeah. The thing, the other thing with the, uh, with the, the consumer day, uh, and I know the reaction, two, two or three things here. First thing is I understand Steve's reaction, and I, I heard it at the time, and Steve and I had a private conversation about this. Bad news travels faster than good news, and it's, it's an important thing to remember about news. When the reaction came back and everybody said, that's a bad idea and they're going to reveal our pricing. I heard the, the, the PCA guy on Rob's podcast. And the first thing he said was, of course, that's not going to happen. We're not going to let that happen. Yeah. And they had plans for all that. They just didn't tell anybody that. And um, 
I'm going to be critical of PCA. Shame on them. You have to have your shit together before you roll yeah, something out yeah, like that right. because people are going to go, holy crap. And the reason they don't and they keep such a tight lid on letting you bring just people to those events is because there's very clearly a discussion of wholesale prices. And so you'll hear, you walk into those events, I've, I've done this. I, I, and this is where I say, and I, I don't mean to play this card like this is a big deal. I've done this. I've been to IPCBR. You walk in, tell me what I'm going to pay for this. What's my discount on this? How do we be this? Can I delay shipping on this? What's the price on this? I know the questions to ask. I've asked these questions hundreds of times. And so um, you walk up behind somebody, they're asking that question. There's no, you can't say, well, I, I will identify myself as a consumer and you want to ask that question. You hear the answers to those questions. They fly. There's no question that you hear the wholesale prices. Sometimes they're just out, like yeah. you'll see them. So there, you have to be very specific and precise about that. That's the first thing. Second thing is, um, it was something they, they sort of floated to see how it was a trial balloon. It's very much like politics. Yeah, to see what we're the gonna reaction pass was going to be. We're, we're going to pass this law, and they, 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 they then they have a have junior senator from New York on the news pass proposing the law on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC to see what everybody's reaction is. And then when everybody goes, holy shit, that's the worst idea I've ever heard, you don't ever hear anything about that idea again. No. I'm not sure we hear anything about that consumer idea again because it had such a negative reaction. Yeah. The third thing is getting people excited about consumers. I'm pretty sure the world's coming to an end just, just based on that last <laughs> thunderstrike. Um, this, this, <clears throat> this lounge is shaking. But getting consumers excited. I know Big Smoke. I've been to Big Smoke out there, and I did not enjoy it because it was like waiting in lines and all that yeah. stuff. But getting more consumers excited about the new cigars that are coming out, that's not a bad idea. They may have poorly implemented it. They may have poorly described it. They may have poorly thought about it. But that idea, that concept, is not a bad idea. No, I, it's and so. It's so not a bad idea. Well, let, let me we say, we need to not shoot uh, the messenger. We need to be critical of the idea. Yeah. We need to provide feedback into the suggestion, and let them come up with an idea that allows us to do that while not blowing the integrity of the wholesale discussion. But like taking what you just said to the next step, you know, getting the consumer excited, I believe that falls in the realm of me and Doug as tobacconists to get the consumers excited, not so much the retailer, the, you know, I don't like the middleman game, but we're the middleman because it's our, I feel like it's our job to get the consumers excited. It's part of your job, but I think it's also part of the whole, uh, part of the job of the, of the manufacturer of the cigar. Perdomo offers tours of their, their thing, not, to get you excited so you can explain it to yeah. other people. I think, I think it's that absolutely, so absolutely part it's of the... both of your jobs. Yeah, it's, and it's absolutely part of the uh, manufacturer's job. I, I definitely agree with that. Like you say, that you've got factory tours. Yeah. Um, I think it's both I of your I think jobs. there's a better way of doing it than, than, than what they said they were going to do. We don't 100%. know that that's what they're going to do, and you may be absolutely right. They may just back out of it and come up with I a different plan. Uh, but the consumers who like to... Consumers want to get excited about different things. They really do. Um, one one way that the manufacturers do this by getting them excited is using uh, social media. Yeah. Using uh, sites like Half Wheel, halfwheel.com. And, oh, sure. You know, places like that. Events at your shop. Events. 
I mean, that's just like the event we've got coming up. We're going to have a couple of new cigars. 100%. And, and it's going to be our job, Aaron, to get these guys excited yeah. about the new yeah. stuff that's coming. Amen. So You know, I think they went about it the wrong way because they, they dropped the news that they were doing this in 2020 at IPCPR of 2019. They did, yeah. It's kind of of slapping a slap in the face to the retailer side, like, oh, okay, we're going to do this now. We're going to, we're going to go up over you and bring in your consumers they in directly. Yeah, it was kind and, of, and, and I mean, they, and they, they, they fessed up to it. They were like, yeah, that yeah, was a shitty move on our part. We shouldn't have done that. You know, you know, don't drop, don't drop that news when your people who push and sell your product for a living, but I understand who, who pays I, uh, PCA, the, the manufacturer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, they, uh, there were a lot of manufacturers who were okay with it. They had run it past the manufacturers. Um, it was poorly implemented. It was poorly designed. It was all of those things. I don't actually think that it will ever breathe life again. Yeah. But because it was poorly received, and there's no way you can sort of breathe that out again. But, um, but that aside, it's interesting news because, um, to be honest with you, IPCPR, PCA, has been the big lobbying organization, one of the big organizations that has fought for us to keep our rights. One of the biggest things that concerns me about this is if we weaken them, and we're clearly in the process of doing that. Yeah. Um, we, we have to replace it with somebody who, and TPE is not this organization, and let's be clear about that 100%, who will fight for premium cigars. They have no, they have no bone in that fight. They have no dog in that fight at all. And I'm concerned about who will fight for us. No, it's it's big. It, you know, it's a big shoes to fill. And yep. you know, if FDA or whoever, you know, big bad wolf wise gets a toehold, they're going to you know advance that that right. that yep. to mm-hmm. their to their best uh, you know advantage. Absolutely. So it, it'll be interesting to see. It's it's um it's a it's it's interesting times for us. There's a lot of opportunities. There's also a lot of risk for us in this. So yeah. The, the final thing I'm going to close on this, and then, then we need to do wrap up the show, do a million-dollar spot. But um, the, the, the one thing I want to do, and I think this is an important thing for a lot of – there's a lot of cigar geeks who, who, who jones on going to IPCPR. Um, and as somebody who's gone four or five times, um, because it f- seems like a lot of fun, it probably would be as a consumer because you don't have that yeah. role. Um, as a, somebody who owned a shop, wasn't that much fun? Yeah, because it's. I mean, at the it's end of at, at the end of the day, it's work. It's work. It's, it's work, business. Work, work. Yeah. yeah, It's not. It's not. It's not quite as much fun as everyone lets on. It's. Yeah. It's the cool party that everybody wants you to think that they had a ton of fun at. That wasn't quite as much fun. Yep. So, uh, uh, I think we all know what time it is. It is about that time. Million dollars, but this is a uh, Marielle especial. <laughs> all right, tonight. So she pulled the cards for us. She Bo. said she wasn't to blame. She, she said this was all on you. <laughs> Million dollars. A lot of money. Maybe PCA could use that to... Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Every time you get angry, an aggressive pit bull humps your leg. <laughs> an aggressive huh. pit bull. So it's aggressively humping my leg. Yeah. See, okay. I'm not a dog person. Right. I know Aaron's answer to this, which um, is yes. I get angry. Is okay. Is Wait. frustrated angry? I get frustrated a lot. 
I get frustrated at work with traffic. If I'm driving in traffic and I got somebody in the fast lane going 50, does a dog just start just going to town with his red rocket uh, up yes. against me? Yes. Red rocket. Uh, Boom. Nice. Pitbull. Humping the so I think, I think frustrated um, and you're sort of aggressively frustrated like the pitbull is, yes, you're angry. I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know the last time I was angry, but... Uh, with me not being a dog person to begin with, I don't like being around dogs. <sighs> it, it's not worth it because... I brought my dogs up here tonight for you. Did you? Yes, just for you. <laughs> we had we had somebody bring up their little poodle, doodle, lopsa, whatever it was. It's like a Muppet. And it, yes, it's cute. It's the size of like a six pack. It's like hardly anything, but it's like... Everybody's like, oh, how do you not like that? I'm like, nope, still a Cujo. Still a, still still a, a Cujo. Yep. I was showing pictures there of my, my uh, English Springer Spaniel when he was seriously a pound. And he, he, was, his mouth, he was yawning. And he goes, yep, getting ready to bite me. And I yeah. go, you. So that's your dog, Springer Springer, Springer Spaniel? English Springer Spaniel. Darius, from, named after Darius Rucker from Houdini the Blowfish. Oh, nice. Yep. I've got a dorky. Nice. I have a black lab as well, so, who is the greatest cuddle dog in the world and sweet. But I do not have a pit bull. If you have, I, if you have, have a, I, have, I have friends who've had pit bulls. If you have a bulldog and a shih tzu, is it a bullshit? <laughs> that's that's funny. I've, I've had friends who've had uh, who've had pit bulls. I've, I'm around pit bulls, and so w- once you get once they get comfortable with you, yeah, you're not going to get eaten alive. But they are um, they're very protective dogs, and they're very um, they're very aggressive. Dogs. My my parents. They're boxer people. They have a boxer. My brother has a boxer. Same mm-hmm. litter. They had a boxer for seventeen years. Um, do you know that what the I actually hell is have wrong a, with you? Do you? Here's something else. Do you actually know that I have a portrait of Shasta, our boxer, tattooed on me? Oh. And I'm not a dog person. What the hell's wrong with you? Did you love Shasta? Well, because it was yeah. Shasta was. I mean, boxers are fucking dopey. They're just. Weird, but you love Shasta. I know. Well, not you really. got a tattoo of Shasta. I do. Yeah, yes. You're yeah. big teddy bear. Come on, <laughs> tell the truth. But I'm not a dog person. Um, okay, so I'm going to take you as a no on this. Yeah, no. I have two yeah. questions. It's a pit bull. Yeah. It's aggressively humping my leg. No, an aggressive pit bull. An aggressive pit bull. But it's not biting me. you. It's okay. not chewing it, you up. It's okay. not attacking. That was one of my questions. Was just humping you? Okay. So my my question is, how long? Is the pit bull humping my leg? <laughs> Till so it, we'll finish, just, till I it mean, finishes? I mean, I don't know. Golly, dude. <laughs> so I assume, what's I wrong assume, with you? I assume there's a lot of things wrong with Aaron. I assume you can push the dog off. Episode so. 40. What's wrong with Aaron? Right. Yeah, but pit bulls are pretty strong. I yes, mean, yeah. I can put up with a dog. And you're with, not. If a dog jumps on my leg, I can put up with it, get off my dog. But if it's like this game and, it, and I have no idea how long it could hump. Just it could hump until it gets kind of awkward. It's just assume it, the dog it's, would, it's awkward on the first thrust. Let's assume the dog dog would hump you as long as Aaron would. <laughs> oh, so what about 15, 18 seconds? Uh, Man, uh, golly. All right. So how often do you get angry, Doug? Not often. Yeah, uh, I was saying you're a pretty easygoing guy. Um I do get frustrated, but I do think frustration and angry are two different things. Uh so, I, I give me the million dollars. 
Give it, give it, show me the money. Anger is something that I work on on a fairly regular basis. I, the line between frustration and anger is the question that I would ask. That's a good question. I get frustrated a lot. Um, it bleeds to anger and I, I have techniques that I work with. I tried very hard not to show that anger. Um, but, but if it was anger in my heart or in my head, um, I would be getting humped by a pit bull a lot. <laughs> I would fear you would like your it. two dogs would be so you jealous. Would I would like it. I would not like it. Um, I would have to be a no. Two no's and a yes. Show me the money. I'll take it, man. <laughs> I think Doug might be an automatic no, or uh, might be an automatic yes on everything. So that's what everybody said about me. No. Like I would be an automatic yes. I think I've like, said ah, no a couple. I have times. standards. But come on, it's just a. It's a look. Dogs have no moral compass. So I mean. So dogs actually, Aaron is a dog. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, think about it. Dogs I, don't have a moral like compass. a rough. Woof, <laughs> Well, guys, that's that's probably where we should leave it right there. Oh, uh, reach out to us. Tell us who's in your cigar dinner. We've really enjoyed this conversation tonight. And once again, thanks everybody for the uh, participation and, and uh, let us know who you would living uh, dead and fictional. Yep. Um, look forward to uh, next week. I think we're going to do the uh, podcast plans for next year. Talk yeah. about our trips. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to kind of give you an outlier of what 2020 is going to be about. So we're looking forward to the event on January 17th. Yes. Altatus. So I, w- I will not be here. Uh, the I'll, Viking will not be here. I will be in Oakland trying to find a cigar shop. But uh, Aaron will be here in spirit, so we're going to miss you, brother. Yep, my bobblehead will be here. So yep. y'all, y'all come on, smoke them if you got them. If you don't got them, we got them. Y'all come get them. There and, you go. And the and, world just ended. I'm by saying that giant thunder crash outside is our is our cue. Okay, be the good. Later. <laughs>